Underdog Podcast, almost hitting that double digits. First of all, holy moly, what a weekend, still recovering, but uh, and, we, and we will, we will get to that. Oh, oh, will we? But first, before we get anywhere, very special guest on the show today, a little backstory here. If it wasn't for this fine young man, Alex and myself would have never been introduced. This beautiful little thing that we're doing would have never even came to be. We are here joined with Vincent Stewart. He got married. Oh, give it up. Give it up. Vincenzo. My, my friend Vince here, he, he got married recently. He was kind enough to have Alex and I both as groomsmen. We spent a lovely weekend in the mountains. Alex and I, uh, we had our own little separate. Uh, we were living in our own separate world of, of, of playing a basketball shooting game where we were just, <laughs> it was we were just, it was just like the inner child in us was completely brought out. But anyway, want to introduce Vince to the show. Vince, thank you so much for, for, for joining us today. Why don't you give everyone a, 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 introduce yourself to the people. My brothers from another mother's. What is up? So happy to be another here. Mothers. Another mother's. Yeah. So what Drew said was true. These two would never have met if it was not for me. And I'm sure if Fi is listening to this, he'll say it was really because of him, because I would have never met my wife if it wasn't for him. But I digress. Very glad yeah. to be on the show. Um, it's been a long time coming. Look forward to this every Tuesday. I was bragging to my wife every day last week because I got shouted out not once, but twice. And now I'm on the podcast. So as a Philly native, Kevin Hart would say, it's about to go down. I can't wait. <laughs> And I do have one more thing to add here because I almost bought you up for a third time. When Alex asked me if I was a good student in high school, I was going to I was going to really give you because Vince was number one in our graduating class. This man was the valedictorian. So you, if he's bringing some not like, you know, he's he's coming with knowledge today. All right. This is legit. Yeah, that means Alex, absolutely nothing. That was two that, decades ago, <laughs> my man. <laughs> but thank you, Alex. How we doing today? Welcome, well, welcome to, welcome to life. Welcome to life after this past weekend of football. It was freaking insane. How you doing, dude? I gotta say, am whatever feel good chemicals, endorphins, whatever manifested inside my body. I was tapped out by the end of that. I feel extremely fortunate that I think I witnessed the best weekend of football that's ever existed. It was absolutely incredible. Decided by kickers. All of the games decided by kickers. And we're going to talk about all of them today. But holy moly, what a freaking weekend, man. Just absolutely insane. I I, I was exhausted. I needed two days to recover just to relax because it was that intense. And the schedulers got it right because that Kansas City-Buffalo game on Sunday night was... Oh, man. I mean, not only was that... I mean it may have been the best game I've, I've ever watched. Like that finish was unlike anything I've ever seen. We had an opportunity to watch the elite of the elite quarterbacks. And with that being said, I want to, before we, we get deeper into those games, the Eagles did announce last week that Jalen Hurts is going to be the starting quarterback in 2022. Now, I think that we need to take it with a grain of salt, but of course that's just my opinion. Um, I don't think that announcing something this early makes it, you know, makes it a definite by any stretch of the imagination. But with that being said, I kind of want to at least just kind of open this conversation up about um, 
you know, if Jalen Hurts is in fact our quarterback next year, how do you feel about that? Because we just saw what elite quarterback play looks like. And I know that Jalen Hurts is still, it's still early in his career. He has a chance to develop, but do you think that the Eagles can ever truly be a contender with, with Jalen Hurts as their starting quarterback? Yeah. Who we pass that to? Let's start with our guests. Vince, what what, what is your take on this? So I'm a big meh and I agree with Drew. (laughs) It's allegedly anything that comes out of Howie's mouth, any GM's mouth before the end of April is all just smoke and mirrors. They're all just posturing out there till they get to the draft. But I'm a big meh on if number one is my number one QB next year. And I feel very conflicted about it because I think like I've, I've texted both of you in the chat numerous times in our other chat with some of our other friends that like I was on the Jalen Hurts bandwagon hard the whole year. But after, and like, I don't want to say that last week fully changed my mind, but after I, after we got smoked in Tampa Bay, I sat back and and was thinking, why was I on the Jalen Hurts bandwagon and realized very quickly that it had nothing to do, or I should say very little to do with like his skill set or what he's achieved on the field. It was all about how cheap he is. It was all about the ascension in his prog and his progress during the season but it wasn't about any particular skill or him taking over any particular game that really gave me any confidence mm. in the next year. And that's really what I feel about it is that I, I, I can simplify it as this in my head. You need an elite QB to win in this league consistently and year after year. We've seen that over and over again. To be elite, you need at least one of these two things, either an elite mind so you need to be an elite processor of the field, see the entire field and see things before anyone else does. Or you need to have an elite body. That means like a crazy arm, throw it 80 yards from your knees. Very <laughs> few folks have that. There are, there are a few QBs that come to mind that have both, in my opinion. Josh Allen didn't have it when he came in the league, but I think he's progressed that he's both an elite processor now and he always had an elite arm and elite body. Someone that probably has an elite mind, not body, Tom Brady. Tom Brady was never an elite athlete. Doesn't have the best arm. He has an elite, he has an NFL arm, but the man sees things that no one else sees. Mm-hmm. Right? And when I thought about Jalen Hurts, I think he has an elite body from a leg standpoint, but this is a passing league. All the rules point to passing, and I have not seen that he has an elite arm. He has an NFL arm. Drew and you and I went back and forth. I think he has a good enough arm. You disagree at points. I think he can I think he can spin it when he wants to, when his legs are under him. But I wouldn't say he has an elite arm, and he's definitely not an elite processor. He's what, second year in a row, I think I heard. He was he took the most time to throw, which is mm-hmm. a clear indication that he's not seeing what he needs to see and or he's seeing it and he's not pulling the trigger. Which is so, hugely problematic. So 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 the question back to you in just like one or two sentences. Are you okay with him being named the starter? Let's assume nothing changes. It's not all smoke and mirrors, like you said. How do you feel about Jalen Hurts being QB1 next year? Yeah, I'll, I'll take your exact words. I am okay with Jalen Hurts <laughs> being the starter next year. I am not ecstatic. I will not be throwing parades, pre-parades for all the chips that we're going to get. But I think he's done enough to earn the right next year. Would I be heartbroken if we went out into the market and pulled an actual elite proven QB? No. But I think I was telling Drew, I don't think the worst case 
next year is that Jalen's our starter. The worst case is if we go and spend all of our three first round picks on an elite passer, because then we're basically mortgaging the future. And the and this team is not just a one QB away, in my opinion. Yeah, I, I feel I, I share the same sentiment with you. Fantastic analysis on, on all of that, right? Like we, we talk a lot about the Jalen Hurts, like intangibles and like, listen, like leadership and being able to run and and and, and having the guys and and being able to have big moments are, are all great. But but there are some things that I, I just don't know if he'll develop. I mean, listen, man, after watching this weekend, it looks like I was watching a whole entirely different league. It didn't even look like college to NFL. It looked like high school to NFL, right? Like those guys were just like everything like was insane. And everyone's talking about like how Patrick Mahomes and 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 the Bills defense and everybody looks civilian. No, those were elite defenses. Those were elite quarterbacks picking apart those defenses. Those defenses played just fine. Maybe some of the schemes at the end of the game, Patrick Mahomes, 13 seconds left. We can talk about that later. Sure. But those defenses played fine. When Jay, truth of the matter is, when Jalen Hurts played a good defense, any team that's over five hundred, he hasn't done well, and he and he's done really bad against teams that haven't that 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 still aren't good, like the Giants, for instance. And we were still in that game till the end, like they were giving it to us, and we ended up doing it. But there's this still this feeling that he took a four win team to a nine win team, and we were still part of that ceremony. That rite of passage that took place this weekend, even though we didn't progress. So in my opinion, echoing what you said, Vince, I'm okay with Jalen Hurts being number. I think he earned it, right? We need to give him the benefit of the doubt. I just don't see him developing like we're seeing other quarterbacks, Joe Burrow, for instance, that young in their career and like already having it all figured out. I just don't know if Jalen's there and arm strength He's not completing a lot of deep balls. I think there's maybe one deep ball he completed last year. And a lot of these are jump ups. Let's be real. Some of those deep balls that he had are Devonta Smith, Quez Watkins making a serious adjustment on that. Um, and he's just not seeing the field. Screaming at my TV multiple times. I, I think of the end of the Carolina game where he missed Quez Watkins um, at halftime. Wide open. And then I also think about this Tampa Bay game when Quez Watkins was running the dagger out across the field. Wide open as well. You got to put it out there, man. You got to see the field. Don't go to your first read. Don't force it to Goddard if you can't. Drew, how do you feel about all this? Yeah, I mean, I'm going to completely echo you um, in terms of just the decision making. And the reason that he's able to bail himself out is because he does have such great mobility for a quarterback. I mean, he led the Eagles in rushing yards this year. He almost rushed for a thousand yards. So when I when I think that I'm like, okay, what other quarterbacks are kind of in that in that mold. And like Lamar Jackson's the first one who comes to mind. Um, you know, I think Hertz is a little bit more of like a bruiser than, than, yeah, than Lamar agreed. Jackson, but, <clears throat> but, and Lamar Jackson, I also look at because he is a quarterback that has really improved specifically his accuracy over the, the last couple of years. I mean, he is kind of like that weird sidearm kind of release, but he's gotten it to work. Dude, his it looks so making, goofy when he's it throwing. Does. It, it looks, looks so unnatural. It looks unnatural, but I mean, hey, look, I think Mark Andrews was the top tight end in the league this year. And, you know, say what you want, but like you can't get there if, if you don't have somebody who's giving you the ball. And, you know, I, I don't think that we can blame the receivers not getting open for the reason that Hurts is holding on to the ball so long. It's Devontae Smith is open on almost yeah. every single play. And so like that's why there's so much intrigue behind 
bringing in a quarterback that will make that quick decision like Tom Brady. Because if you have that guy that only needs a split second to just see in the corner of his eye which receiver is breaking free, like that's how Devontae Smith will then have a 1,400-yard Justin Jefferson type of rookie season. It's just it's all opportunity, and the opportunity is there, but unfortunately it's just the decision-making just isn't quick enough. So also to just kind of echo you guys, I, I would be okay because I – I do think that he showed enough. He took the team to the playoffs and there is something to be said about that. We were watching him go against Daniel Jones and Tyler Taylor Heineke and some, you know, younger quarterbacks at the end of the year. So now when you're comparing them to these elite guys, it's like, Oh, okay, well maybe I'm not as okay with Jalen hurts being here. But again, if it's, if that's the worst case scenario, I think he's earned the right to see what is there. And I would love for it to work out. But, um, I think that the, the jury is, is still out. Um, so, and we'll, we'll, uh, quick question. So this will just be a quick, like, you know, 10, 15 seconds for each of you. Ideal scenario next season, like what quarterback, when you're accounting for what it would cost and like age and, and talent, what quarterback would you most like to see as the Eagles quarterback next year? And I'll start. And that's because I've, I've gone the Derek Carr route before. <laughs> I don't really, bro, I don't love Derek Carr. Look, bro. man, oh I don't, gosh. I, I don't love Derek Carr, but I, you know, talk about taking a team that was just completely dead and taking them to the playoffs. Um, you know, he, the guy can throw the ball. Like he's not mobile as, as hurts obviously, but like he can throw the ball and I just want to see somebody capable, especially if we're thinking of bringing in another wide receiver, there's a whole list of free agents or, or potential trade targets of wide receivers that we could go for. There's no point of that if, if Hertz is the quarterback. So I'm going Derek Carr. Vince, I'm going to pass it to you now. Who would you like to see here next year? Yeah, I know I gave you a lot of guff on the Derek Carr, <laughs> but Derek Carr does fit one of those criteria I was saying. Derek Carr has an you hear that? arm. Did you he hear has that, a everyone? Cannon. I don't want him in the midnight <laughs> green. Don't get it twisted. But he at least has the elite arm. I, I will give you that, Drew. If I had to put my money on it, and if it cost, again, less than those three first-round picks, it would be Russ. I knew you were going to say that. I have a bias towards Russ. I don't know. like Whenever he got drafted, I feel like I somehow caught, where do you go, Nebraska? Like one of those random Big Ten schools, right? Wisconsin? Wisconsin. Wisconsin. Like I don't know how. I caught like a couple of their games. Why? I don't know. I was not searching out, but I saw the dude, and then it was just like, like the the skies opened up, the sun came out, and I was like, "This is the dude," and he actually showed. You got a crush. Like, he showed it. Yeah, you got a crush like, on him. Yeah, but like the dude, I think is still elite. I know he had a terrible season this year, but the numbers back it up. Put him and put him with some folks that can actually catch the ball and try. I think DK fell off a lot. Hmm. I, I say put him in the midnight green, and for the next five years, we won't have to worry about the QB position. So here's Love my it. answer. Here's my answer. TBD. I don't think I don't think it's going to be somebody that we're going to that we're going to trade picks for. I, I know what you said, Vince, about it being smoke and mirrors. They made their decision. Jalen's done enough. They're, they're not going to take that back from him. He's our starter next year. Case in point, we're all semi OK with it. We don't love it. We're OK with it. Next future Eagles quarterback, if it's not Jalen, is in college right now lighting it up. I don't know who it is. Is Arch Manning old enough? I don't know. But like, I'm just saying, TBD. I think it's going to be somebody we draft. I think it's going to be somebody that we're really excited about. Um, Maybe we'll trade one of our vets 
and get some draft capital for it. But I think that's the way it goes. So with that being said, look into next year. The Philadelphia Eagles schedule has been released. A lot of really interesting matchups here. Um, you know, I look at this schedule and for those that that know the, the, the opponents and the location has been released, but the dates are not yet, which could play a really big factor into it, right? I also hope we're not playing like Dallas the last week of the season. Again, I feel like we've done that like three out of the last four seasons. And like, it, it's it's just, it's always been like a meaningless game. Either we're sitting our starters or they're sitting theirs. It's just like week, week 15, week 16. That's like perfect, right? Like don't, don't, <laughs> don't do this like last week of the schedule thing. But I want to, I want to ask you guys a lot of uncertainty here um overall record let's spend we got a lot to talk about still let's let's spend five minutes on this predictions on the schedule win loss justification really quick on why and, and maybe who are we going to lose to or win against uh vince why well, don't we start with you yeah i was gonna say i'm looking here at, at, at a whole sheet that vince prepared for us and and this is this is some in-depth analysis so i'm gonna i'm gonna let vince go and and i'll and i'll give my two cents afterwards I don't know about in depth, but I'll just start off with the record. I got us 12 and five boys. That is a 70% win record. But even then, since I didn't do this for the rest of the NFC East, my guess is assuming Dallas stays mostly intact and actually gets a good coach, a reliable coach, we'd be duking it out with them at the end of the year. And maybe that last game would matter, Alex. And I know the NFL loves a nice rivalry game last last week of the season. But I hear you. The last few years have been nonsense for either side. Guys, 12 and 5. <laughs> I got us basically 4 and 2 in the division. Um, uh, sweeping the Giants. I, if you guys can argue that we'll lose one game to the Giants or should lose one game to the Giants next year, we can take another hour in this podcast and we can go through that <laughs> bit by bit. But Giants, we got a sweep. Um Washington football team, I got a, a split. Um, and that's just because for some reason, they always play us tough one of these games. Like, we always do something stupid. We basically lose the game. I don't know if they beat us, but we basically beat ourselves in one of those games. So I have a home-and-home home split. Cowboys, I have a home-and-home home split. That could be actually 0-2. Like, the Cowboys on paper have a very talented team. But, again, we play them tough. It doesn't really matter who has the best team. Those games are always pretty close. Um so, so, yeah. so the logic that I hear from you, Vince, is Jalen Hurts is not the best quarterback. You're okay with him, but we're going to go 12-6 and six next year. Yes. That, that sounds like some franchise money right there. That sounds like <laughs> what Dak Prescott's been doing in, 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 in Dallas for a little bit. Um, it's going to be really difficult to cut your quarterback that, that's going 12-6, and six, right? Um, what do you attribute that to? Do you think it's offensive play? Do you think we have enough weapons, defense? Like what, what would you contribute that to if you don't think the quarterback is, is that person? Got it. So I think it's defense. So I, I think our defense has shown enough. Hopefully we get a, a defensive coordinator, either it's Gannon figures his crap out over this, over the off season, or we get someone that will actually pressure every once in a while. <laughs> um, I think we do have offensive weapons. We just need to get them the ball too often. Yeah. Did we miss dudes wide open? either with the ball in the air or miss them all together and not throw the ball and do other stupid stuff with it. But ultimately at the end of the day, like Jalen isn't elite in my opinion, but he doesn't beat us most of the time. Yeah. Wentz towards the end beat us. Garoppolo. We were talking about Garoppolo in the text. Like every time the ball goes out of his hand, 
I feel like Shanahan has to like his 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 stomach has to be in his chest because you don't yeah. ever know where that what's going. Right? I know, man. <laughs> so like at least with Jalen, for the most part, you know you you can be convinced he's not going to do something stupid. So th- my my twelve and five, to be honest, is very much about the opposing teams more so than it's about the Eagles. Like I think the Eagles are easily middle of the pack without doing a ton, but there are so many terrible organizations and franchises poorly run there's a there's eight open f- head coaching positions and like that matters and beyond that beyond those eight there's probably another three or four at least just poorly run franchises and organizations that i think we can get them for the most part and then some of these were just emotional like the colts let's assume let's assume <laughs> two was there Next year, like I wrote in my notes, I need this for my psyche. I'm putting yeah. a W. I cannot, in good conscience, put an L there. Yeah, so. I, I I hear that. Well, and like, listen, man, like on onto that point about just like the whole league is going to look a little bit different. Listen, we play the Packers. We don't know if Aaron Rodgers is going to be. We don't know if Devontae Adams is going to be there. Right. We play the Texans. Is Deshaun Watson coming back? Right. What have we thought about that? Um, the Titans. What's going on there? Right. There, there's uh, the Saints. Head coach hopped down today. What, is Ian Book or Taysom Hill gonna gonna be? There's there's so many unknowns. So I think this win loss record is fluid in in my opinion. Um, I have us getting swept by Dallas again. Unfortunately, splitting with Washington, sweeping the Giants, losses to the Texans because I assume Deshaun's gonna be back. The Colts, sorry Vin, the Titans, um, and then the Cardinals. So. Few, few others in there too. So overall, I have us ten and seven. Similar year to this year. Throw another one in there. I just think it's all a little bit fluid. I we just don't know who's going to be starting next year, right? If Jordan Love starts for the Packers, I have us as a W there because Jordan Love is not showing us that that he can do what we have. Actually, I actually saw a meme. It's like ten Packers, like all decent Packers that are going into free agency. We we may have just witnessed like a cliff dive of what the the Green Bay Packers are going to be, which is a dang shame. Uh, Ten and six, think it's enough to get us into the playoffs, wild card rounds. But with Jalen, I, I I just don't know. I I, I don't think we're going to see what we saw this weekend in Jalen. Drew, what about you? Oh boy, um, I feel like twelve wins, man. If we win twelve games, first of all, Vince, I'll probably like buy you something as a reward for, for like predicting that, because that's what, whatever I like, I'm curious to see what the line is next year. Like uh, on, on the sports books, like how many expected wins I'm, I'm thinking it's probably going to be about nine and a half again. So 12 yeah, feels, I agree. feels, feels rich. Um, I'm with you, Alex. I think 10 wins feels like very comfortable. Um, so we're playing the NFC North and the AFC South and really out of those two groups. So in the NFC North, you have Packers, Vikings, Lions, and uh, Bears. The only quarterback that I'm worried about out of those four teams is Aaron Rodgers, who may not be there next year. So other than that, you got Kirk Cousins, Justin Fields, and Jared Goff. Fine with that. Um, and then on the other hand, you have the AFC South, which South. is tight. You got Titans, Jaguars, Colts, and Texans. Again, like Ryan, well, I guess Trevor Lawrence, if he takes the step forward, will probably be the best quarterback in that division. But Ryan Tannehill doesn't scare me. I mean, my man just took, unfortunately, you know, number one seed in the AFC and they lost this past weekend. And uh, we'll get into that more. But I do think that like like we've been saying, quarterback play is is everything. And I don't he's very mediocre. So none of those quarterbacks are going to beat us. So if we can like, you know, with maybe two of those three early draft picks, 
draft defense, actually draft mm-hmm. defensive starters for a change. Um, yep. You know, I think we're going to have some free agency money as well. So I think that the Eagles are going to be improved across the board and like maybe most important when I, I wouldn't say most importantly, but that special teams unit better damn well be better. And we better be having some better start and field position and, and win the position battle. Um, so I think 10 and how many games are there? 17. So 10 and yep. seven, 10 and seven. Um feels comfortable for now and um all in all i feel like this is like it could be like this isn't a very scary schedule at least judging by the opposing quarterbacks it's really not i i was i was pretty happy when i saw it and again like we said a lot of teams are in limbo a lot of things may look different they may that may also be bad for us too right like don't don't be so naive that because new coaching is walking in we don't know who the quarterback is that's not going to be good for us because for every podcasts that we do about who we want to bring in every other fan base and every other GM is thinking the same exact thing. Could you see Russell Wilson in gold and black, right? Well, that totally changes the dynamic now, but thinking of players and thinking about what this season looks like. Thank you so much to all the afterthought podcast listeners that filled out our survey to put a bow (laughs) on the season. We're still going to come to you with more Eagles news over the year, but it is time to announce our 2022 superlative winners. So thank you to everybody that took time out and voted. We had some really funny answers. So we are going to name the winners of each one of these categories, uh, 10 in total, but really, really funny way to, to end the season. So, Starting off with the first superlative, most likely to be traded. Got a few votes for Hertz, Sanders. Everybody wanted Rieger. I don't know who's going to pick up Rieger, truthfully. Uh, between Fletcher Cox and Gardner Minshew, most likely to be traded for capital. Gardner Minshew. With the top vote. Andrew, what do we got Canada. next? Next, most likely to get into a bar fight. And the winner of this one was actually from uh from from the optional the third option on the yep. superlative survey where you could enter in your own answers we had six people all vote for Dallas Goddard which Goddard. far and away <laughs> whack was far and away the the uh the top the top vote receiver uh so bar fight Dallas Goddard got six votes uh followed by Jason Kelsey then Brandon Graham, and then we had uh, one vote for Jalen Rager, one for Alex Singleton, and then Montez Sweat, who's not even on the freaking Eagles. So, uh, so uh, get, got your sweats mixed up, but it's all good. I think they meant Josh Fan- Sweat. Fantastic. <laughs> all right, most likely to get cut. Somebody put Jannard Avery. Interesting, <laughs> interesting, interesting um, answer there. Uh, the second one was Jalen Rieger. Nobody voted for Brandon Brooks. Um, oh, whoops. Drew, and the Wasn't most great. likely eagle to get cut next year is JJ Ortega Whiteside. Give it up, JJ I Ortega gee. Whiteside. I'm going to tag you in my story onto this and tell you how our viewers feel. Congratulations, JJ it's Ortega about, Whiteside. About freaking time. Get out of here. Next, we have most. He isn't in well. <laughs> on split off. Oh. That's not Whatever. that's going, a hockey term. That's not even a football term. Yeah, going for somewhere else. Anyway, go slip on ice. Uh, most improved, Alex, you you ran away with this one. Uh, Javon Hargrave, a significant win here. 
Also had votes for uh, for TJ Edwards. We had two for Avante Maddox, which was definitely in there. And then uh, one vote for not Rager, which I really appreciated. Whoever put not Rager. So uh, <laughs> that, that, that is true. <laughs> yeah. So, so the next one's pretty funny. Most likely to go to jail. Somebody put um, Jeff Lurie on here. Uh, congratulations. <laughs> not paying his taxes. I don't know. Maybe yeah. Yeah, tax, uh, tax fraud. But the number one answer, most likely to go to jail, always doing some sketchy stuff in the offseason, is Fletcher Cox. Congratulations, most likely to go to jail. If Boston Scott goes to jail, then I know that I put that, I put some sort of, I put that on him by accident. Uh, All right, most likely to break out in 2022 again. Mr. Winner, Alex with Milton Williams, had a lot of people agree with Milton Williams. Also, love Milton Williams, man. And Kenny Gainwell, Kenny Gainwell. Also, I think I put, I think I put here that they tied, but I, Milton Williams had one more vote than Kenneth Gainwell. So the official winner was, was Milt. Um, Tyree Jackson had a couple, couple votes and somebody also, Hey, they put Devonte Smith as a breakout next year, which like, I want to see that breakout even, even more than this year. Let's see it, baby. Let's do it. Um, best dressed is going to, it was unanimous. Devonta Smith, best dressed player. We didn't even put it on the survey. We didn't even give you guys the opportunity to vote here. Um, And then I think the next one that was also unanimous was uh, most likely to retire. And this sucks. And our head coach is sending kegs of beer to his house to try to get him to reconsider. Um, But it's going to be most likely Jason Kelsey. Not clapping for that. That would be a huge loss to the team if Jason Kelsey retired. But I totally understand it ending on a high note. Andrew, what else we got? Next, we got bump into a dive bar. I, I finally picked a winning choice on this one. Uh, people must have been into the uh, the mustache argument. Uh, mustaches belonging at dive bars. So uh, Gardner Minshew with an overwhelming win here. Jordan Mylata with with a uh, with, with was close, and then finally uh, your mom. So I don't know if that was directed uh, to, to you or me, but one of our moms is most likely to bump into at a, at a dive bar. So um, you never know. And then the last one here, who is most likely to make the 2022 Pro Bowl? We actually have a tie. And I think these were both answers that we picked. So we don't even have a tiebreaker. So Vinny, you're going to be our tiebreaker here. The people voted. Darius Slay and Dallas Goddard. Who is most likely to have a Pro Bowl year next year? Uh, This one's pretty easy. And it's just the number of folks that play the position. Typically only one TE average on the field at one time, at least two CBs, typically three on the field at one time. So I think Philly G has the has the oh, Philly G. my man. Philly G. Awesome. Well, hey, that wraps up our Philadelphia Eagles talk. We're going to take a quick break. Then we're going to come to you to recap that amazing weekend that we saw, asking some big questions. Really excited to have this discussion point. Make sure you guys still stay tuned in. This is the Afterthought Podcast. Welcome back to the Afterthought Podcast. So, this weekend was literally 
insane. I don't think I've ever seen a better weekend of football. So we're going to talk a little bit about that. We're going to go through some key questions we're going to ask around our playoff week weekends recap. And then we're going to close out our segment today with talking about the AFC NFC championship games and maybe some odds and, you know, what are we feeling today for some winners coming up on the weekend? So first game of the weekend, absolutely incredible. The Bengals um, defeating the Tennessee Titans at home. Absolutely insane game. Um, just wild to see that Cincinnati who what was in a playoff drought for for 31 years or or they haven't won a playoff game in 31 years insane to see them in one season do that right so the question to you both is and we'll start with you Vince are the Bengals the next dynasty are the playoffs their new home are they going to be like the new Chiefs and the new Patriots in here or do you think this is a short-term stint what do you think what are your thoughts on that got it so uh, my twin will always call me out for thinking organizationally first and then working my way back towards the team. So I think the Bengals finally got it right. Yep. Like a lot of their core is drafted and then they, they did what you need to do is you fill in the spots with either high end or mid to high end talent from the free agency pool. And I think they hit on a lot of those things. I think we've seen from a Homer view, how, that doesn't seem to be sustainable, the free agency piece. And just because they have a three decade long history of not doing well, like they've been at the bottom. So they've had number one picks or close to number one picks for years. And they hadn't figured it out until Joe Burrow, uh, Jamar Chase, all that. I, I need to see it for another year or two before I'm willing to call them a dynasty. Mm. Yeah. And I think the biggest piece of being a dynasty is having the quarterback. And that's something that they clearly have. I mean, he might be the best of the, you know, like the first round quarterbacks that have been drafted over the past, however long. I mean, if I look at all the quarterbacks in this league that are like under 25, 26 years old, I mean, he's probably him or maybe Kyler. Um, But it all starts there. And it's, you know, they've had decent quarterbacks in the past. I'm actually surprised that when they had like Carson Palmer and Chad Johnson slash Chad Ochocinco um, and like TJ Hushmanzada, like they had strong teams. Um, But I guess all those years of playing with, you know, you're playing with the Steelers and the Ravens in your division. So not so easy when you have that kind of competition. Now the play, I mean, now Pittsburgh, who knows? Although I do think Aaron Rodgers is going to Pittsburgh. That's my bold prediction. Um, Mm. But I, I do think the Bengals, I mean, they're just an, they are an exciting team. Like if you aren't into the Bengals, like there's something wrong because they are fun. And I think everybody is kind of like rooting for them as the underdog. I really felt strong about them beating Tennessee. Like on one hand, Tennessee, like very strong team. They got the number one seed, even with Derrick Henry being hurt. But like, I don't know, sometimes that one week off before you play actually works against you. And I, I think they came out a little bit rusty. Um, and Burrow was sacked like, I think there was nine some times. crazy. He was sacked nine, nine times. times, and they still won. So that's like, it was it was a crazy. I mean, it just fit the script with the rest of the games. Every game was insane, um, and really could have gone either way. But I think just having the quarterback in place with Jamar Chase is a stud. Jamar Chase is a stud, um, and I know they got Joe Mixon at good value a couple years ago because he punched a girl yeah. in college, so he yeah. fell in the draft. Um, so yeah, man, they ha- they have. They have these pieces in place. I do think they need offensive line help. And I do think that the Eagles could potentially 
offer that maybe try to get like a Tyler Boyd in return as like that yeah. possession receiver that would be helpful um maybe wishful thinking but uh but Alex yeah let's um are the Bengals the next dynasty I mean same exact train of thought I I think there was a conversation in the offseason says Joe what do you want do you want your homie from LSU <laughs> or are you gonna or do you want some offensive line help and Joe made a decision and Joe literally owns that decision by getting sacked so many times in this season, but it, <laughs> but it paid off, man. I just like, I, I, I share the same sentiment. I, I think everybody's rooting for the Bengals this week. And I think everyone was rooting for the bills too. We're going to talk about that and the overtime rules and everything with that coming up. Um, but I think like you can't hate the Bengals. It's an underdog story, right? I, I know, I know a Bengals fan and he's, he, he watched through all the Andy Dalton years and just all of the years of, of bad talent. And the thing that's crazy is like, it just took really one person to, to say that, to, to save that team. Joe Mixon's different. Um, Uz, Uzmaha, their, their tight end. I, I may have pronounced his name wrong. Having a killer season. T mm-hmm. Higgins, Tyler Borley, give all these people that have been there, right? And you put Joey B in there, and I just feel like he's not making a lot of mistakes. I feel like he looks like a well-seasoned vet. He's taking hits. He's hopping back up. You get that team some offensive line help, and you also look at that division. Ravens are digressing. We don't know what's going on in Cleveland. Poor Cleveland, man. You guys know I love Baker. Baker's my boy, but, man, I can't defend him anymore. We don't know what's going on in Pittsburgh, right? If Aaron Rodgers go there, maybe. But that's going to be the Bengals' division for the unforeseeable future, in my opinion. So I think the playoffs are the Bengals' home. If you're young and you need a cool team to get into, I think it's the Bengals. Uh, so yeah, that's the that's the team. They're young. They have sneaky, nice uniforms now. Those they all do. whites are clean. They are. All right, let's move on to game number two. So now we go from a quarterback who is extremely capable. Um, now the quarterback in this, well, obviously Aaron Rodgers questions about what's going to happen following the season, but I want to focus on Garoppolo here. Obviously they drafted Trey Lance early in the draft last year to take over the job. However, you know, the 49ers here, they are, they almost missed the playoffs and yet here they are in the NFC championship. So I want to kind of pick your brains. What do you guys think of Jimmy G as a whole? Do you think that he's going to stick around in San Fran? Is he going to remain the starter or you know, do you think that he isn't deserving of, of keeping the job? Uh, Alex, let's start with you. Let's let's go in reverse order here. Yeah, man, I, I feel like it, it's such a difficult predicament that you're in, right? Because did 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 they announce Trey Lance as a starter last season? Then Jimmy G kind of filled in and then he he kind of had the hot hands or Trey Trey went out, right? It was a little bit of like an interesting di- dynamic over there. Um I I don't know how you can progress this far in the season. It's kind of like what we talked about Jalen Hurts at the beginning of this episode. And how do you not stick with him? You know, I think of a, of a parallel of when the Eagles made it to the NFC Championship game and Case Keenum carried that team. Carried that team. And then the next season, they move forward with Kirk Cousins, who hasn't been able to do anything. Hasn't been. I don't, I don't think he's been able to get into the playoffs, or if he has, he... He's Kirk Cousins is one playoff game in his entire career. Dude is garbage. I, I don't know why people, uh, whatever. I, I, I don't. I don't understand the Kirk Cousins love, but it, 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 it's just it's it's irrehensible to me on why you would have the hot hands go to the NFC Championship game and then move off of that person the next year. Now I know we kind of did that in Philly with the Nick Foles starting Carson Wentz thing, but like 
also, like, we drafted Wentz and the 49ers drafted Trey, right, to be their future star and everything. It's such a difficult thing. I, I think the I think what I would do if I was in that position, depending on how this game goes, Jimmy's your starter. Trey's young. He develops behind Jimmy. And when Jimmy starts losing the reins, which you know he's going to do, he's done it plenty of times in the past, you throw him back in. It's almost like a Philly situation. What are your <laughs> thoughts, Drew? So I think that Jimmy G is your typical game manager. Uh, I honestly don't see a, a huge difference between him and, and Jalen Hurts. I think he probably has an advantage with some decision-making, probably with a little bit of accuracy. But let's get one thing straight. Jimmy Garoppolo is not the reason that this team won this past weekend. Um, I agree. I mean, he was abysmal offensively. I think he threw for like 130 yards and an interception. That, first of all, like the fact that the Niners won that game is absurd because offensively they really didn't do much of anything. It was just, uh, what was it, the punt block? So it was like, it was all special teams and defense. I mean, their defense kept them in it the entire game. I feel Green Bay like scored a touchdown on their first drive or like very early in the game. And I bet the under. So I was just like, oh, this isn't this is this this isn't looking too good. Um, but then it just really was like the game finished 13-10. So it was very little scoring. Um I think, yeah, you draft Trey Lance that high. Um also went to the same college as Carson went, so we can make that little connection there as well. But oh, you, yeah. you you spend that much capital on your future, and I don't think Jimmy G has enough of an overwhelming skill set where putting him out there is going to put you in a better position to win. Like Trey Lance, the dude has wheels. And if, you know, like most quarterbacks we see, you know, they their accuracy is one thing that is able to improve as their career goes on. So um, I think that they're, I think right now they're playing with house money. I mean, they almost missed making the, they were down 17 to three against the Rams final week of the season. And if they lost that game, they weren't even going to be in the playoffs. They ended up winning in overtime. So also shout out to Robbie Gould, who's kicked multiple game winners now to keep them alive. It's like the second coming of Vanitary. Um, so I think it's a good idea to move on from Jimmy Garoppolo. However, I mean, very handsome, very good looking man. Um, but that doesn't count for everything. So Vince, I think you got to break the tie here. What do you what do you think? Yeah, he's he gone. He gone. <laughs> Simple. Two words. It's it's and it comes down to dollars and cents. Trey mm. Trey Lance top pick you're paying him a lot to sit on the bench relatively speaking as a rookie you paid him to be or you picked him and you're paying him to be your future and he's still cheap and more often than not what we're seeing recently is that teams that are able to win are young have a young qb that has skill that you're paying below market so you're paying them on their rookie contract or you somehow got a second contract well below market somehow and you're able to then filter that money into into areas, either offense or defense, to help them out and to cover up their flaws. I think – I don't even know if I'd call Jimmy G a game manager, to be honest with you. I think he's a half step at least above that, in my opinion. The issue is is that he's just like peaks and troughs. Like he, he, he can go out there and look crazy elite. But like I was saying earlier, I feel like every throw – and especially when you're seeing it at home, so you see the ball go off and you don't know where it's going. You don't know what's on the other end till the till the camera pans. It, it could be anything. It's a crapshoot every time. He just that's, makes crazy decisions, and it's it's it, that that's the reason why he will not be playing in San Fran next year, in my opinion. The other thing is is like we said, eight teams without a head coach. 
what's the most valuable thing to a head coach? A quarterback. And if they don't have a quarterback in place, being able to pick a quarterback and Jimmy G is at least, like I said, above serviceable. There's going to be a coach out there. It's always greater fool in the NFL. Someone's going to think that they can unlock something in Jimmy G that my that our boy Belichick hasn't been able to do, nor has Shanahan. So I think he's he's at the peak. He'll be at the peak of his his value. So they'll be able to get something back for him. Get hit, get a get our boy Bosa a running mate, another elite guy on the other end on the other side of the ball. Get an elite CB. They're, they were at the basically fifth string or some crazy mess of CBs throughout the year when I was watching their games. So like get some elite um, talent somewhere um, to pair with, with Lance going the next year and beyond. Yeah, no, I, I think, I think that's great. And I think I retract some of my statement after, after hearing that from, from you both. Um, but it is definitely an interesting scenario and regardless on, on how we want to chop it up. I mean, the Niners are still going to the, to the NFC championship game. We, we, we saw we saw the games this week, right? Aaron Rodgers played just as bad. And I think that we would all agree that Aaron Rodgers is a better quarterback, but sometimes it's just the way the uh, cards fall. Debo so, Samuel, another, real quick. Debo, Debo yeah. Samuel better get Thank some MVP, MVP votes yes. this year. That dude is yeah. fucking yes. – oh, sorry. But like, that guy is incredible. So just yeah. wanted yeah. to point I was gonna say, I was going to try to chime in on you, Drew. You were talking about the other folks. Like Debo was the reason they won that game. Debo – your boy Bosa in the defense, and then special team, two special teams plays. Mm. Mm. Yeah. Wild. Yeah, dude. I mean, that that dude is just unreal. You, you don't see too many players being used like him, too. Um, also, George Kittle, just again, man. D- dude is just absolutely freaking yes. elite, making just freakishly insane catches while blocking and moving people. I mean, guy is just absolute tank. Mm-hmm. Uh, another game this weekend that was absolutely insane. TB12, the GOAT, got taken down by LA. I actually had money on LA in this game. Um, so I, when they were up by so much, I actually had the opportunity to cash out my bet. I just bet straight money line. And then like it panned to like this this uh, picture of Tom Brady with blood in his mouth. And I got like legitimately scared. And I, <laughs> I went and said, I'm going to take my winnings and run. And thankfully, I did that because it came back to, to tie that game. But the, the, the question that, that really arose here is L.A., the Rams, that is, has done so much untraditional um, management of, of how, like, they view the draft. Like, most of their top guys, you think Von Miller, you think Matt Stafford, you, you, you think about just some of, like, their key puzzle pieces over there were traded for draft capital. Jalen Ramsey's another one, right? Like, are they breaking – this norm on how we view the draft and using those picks just to go get proven stars. And do you think that's sustainable? Vince, why don't we start with you on this? Yeah. Come back to the, to the guy that thinks about franchise and, and org more than anybody. I'd say, I don't think it's sustainable. We've never seen an org be able to sustain just going out into the free agents market and paying top dollar to bring in talent. I think this is all about, they saw their window. They see it closing and they went after it. It's, it's hey, more power to them. They're exactly where they wanted to be and needed to be, albeit getting closer than it ever should have gotten. But they're one win away from, from getting a chance at the chip, which is what they paid millions and millions of dollars for. So do what you got to do. But having Donald, who's the only guy I can think of at the top of my head that is actually homegrown, drafted, yeah. I don't think that's sustainable over time. Yeah, I, I I have to agree with you on that. Um, 
to your point. But but is that totally true? They made a Super Bowl with Jared Goff. They were they were in the running the year that we win as well. Like they've been close for multiple years. Is that really true though? Like, is there a window right now? Because like they've been in contention like since Todd Gurley, and Todd Gurley's not even playing anymore, right? So I agree with that. I don't think it's sustainable as well. And I I I do think they're just giving away the, the keys to the ship. And like they they're they're not going to be recruiting anybody homegrown that that's going to be top talent at this because they they just don't have the picks. I don't know what they traded for Stafford, but like they're out of like first round picks for the next like few seasons, right? And they're playing so well that like it's going to be irrelevant anyway. But like the Rams have been pretty relevant for for some amount of time. So I'm curious because it doesn't really follow that that statement, Vince. Yeah, no, I hear you. It's uh, it's about sustainability. And I guess it depends on how far out you're thinking is sustainable defines a couple years, three years. Easily, they should be back in the NFC Championship in the next three years. The guys they brought in on free agency should still be, if not still towards the end of their prime, right on the other side of that, right? I think it's about sustainable, and I'm thinking dynasty and long-term. And ultimately, over time, all of the data points point to you build sustainably and for the long-term, and I'm talking about a decade, a decade and a half through the draft, you build for the next couple of years through free agency. By definition, the best players are typically your first rounders for the most part. On average, they're being locked up at least for their first five years in the league, mm. right? On that, with that fifth year option, and then you have two years of restricted free, or you have two years of uh, tags on top of that. So you're really, they're your good young players are not ending up and are not ending up on the market unless something crazy happens, right? you're Jalen Ramsey and you basically force your way out of a bad situation. And Khan ain't is basically got forced to, to get rid of him for, for picks that I'm sure turned into Trevor Lawrence. Right. So the, like their ability to basically replenish these guys as they start to hit past their peak, I don't think is there. Okay. That is where I'm at. What yeah. I think Drew. Well, it's, it's smart to, Again, if, if it all starts with the quarterback, then like if you have that guy and like Stafford is the absolute perfect piece there. And it's it's funny because like uh, me and my friends, we used to coin the term like best friends for whenever there was just like an elite quarterback wide receiver combination. And for the longest time, that was Matt Stafford and Calvin Johnson, Megatron. And now you have Cooper Cup, who physically looks the complete opposite of Megatron. And they're both. My man, did he just win the triple crown of like wide receiver yep. numbers? Like, yes, sir. so what's that? Yes, receptions, receptions, yardage, and touchdowns. Yes. He led yes, the league yeah. in all of those, which is absurd. Um, so their offense is high power. They're so so I think like if you have if you have these picks and you have players available that are attainable through trading, I mean, they were smart to do it, but I can't help but think about the Eagles. 2011 uh uh quote unquote dream team i'll give you a couple names here uh namdi asamoah uh i wish that was our jalen ramsey but unfortunately that was not the case um jason babin ronnie brown running back uh we uh, that was drc rogers cromartie uh colin jenkins who i think we may have gotten from either the giants or the packers i know he played for both of those teams but i can't remember where we got him from packers, uh we took packers was was a packers yeah and then uh re- receiver steve smith who also came from the giants obviously vince young was the one who uh jinxed us by by calling us the dream team and we went we went eight and eight that season uh so to vince's point um 
it is not necessarily typical to just sign a bunch of or trade for a bunch of random players that haven't been part of that scheme. Like I kind of think that that's what made the Patriots so good for so long is that they just had this nucleus and they would just kind of scatter in these, you know, veterans or, or, or free agents that all had a defined role. But um, you know, this, I, I don't think this is sustainable, but they definitely made it work for them. And I, I keep forgetting that, um, that Beckham wasn't, they didn't trade for him. Didn't he just like clear waivers? Like nobody even made a claim. And now he looks like he looks like New York Giants, Odell Beckham, to the point where they did they they drug test him because he performed well? Is that why? They're like, wait a second, something's not right here. Yeah. You look ten years younger out there. <laughs> Take yeah, this no, test. That's that's just a that's just a headline. Just a headline. That's just okay. serendipity in my opinion. <laughs> but yeah, again, but talk about players that are still in their prime that forced their way out of bad situations. That's exactly what OBJ did. Basically, forced his way out of the Browns and and said to the entire league, "Don't pick me up. I'm only going to two places, right? So you can pick me up on waivers if you want, but if you want a problem in your locker room, do it." Exactly. And he got exactly what he wanted. Alex, what's your take? Yeah, I mean, I I feel I feel the same way. I I think that um, you guys all had valid points, and it's obviously working for them, right? Um, I don't think it's so sustainable and we'll see in five years time if you know they're they're still they're still making those moves and everything, but it, it, it will be interesting to see how it all pans out. I think I think LA has a really good shot of, of winning it all this year and that's kind of what they set out to do, right? Great way, new city, grow that fan base, get a win, amazing stadium. It's gonna be awesome. It's gonna be awesome, awesome, awesome to see that game. All right, last one. Uh, we're running a little bit long, so let's try to keep our points concise, but Lots of controversy this week around overtime. Tell you what, if it was the Dallas Cowboys losing in overtime, I don't think anybody would be complaining on social media about overtime rules. I think <laughs> every every person wanted to root for the Bills. Patrick Mahomes did what Patrick Mahomes did. In 13 seconds, scored. Josh Allen called the wrong coin toss. First time he's actually called the wrong coin toss in overtime, by the way. Um... Patrick Mahomes did what he did, scored a touchdown. Do you guys think it's fair? Do you think there should be an overtime rule change? Drew, we'll start with you. I don't know your take on this. All right. This is hard because everybody, I think everybody who's a fan of the game feels like the Bills deserve the chance to have the ball at the end of the game. So I think if there's going to be a change, if they're not going to change it, at least for the regular season, I think in the playoffs, you do need to make it. So if, if the first team scores a touchdown, you got to give the other team a chance. I mean, it's it's like we watched that game and they made it look so unbelievably easy marching down the field in the last two, three minutes of that game. So it's like now the conversation is it's like that's not fair. But like how often have we watched an overtime game where a team just marched down the field and scored a touchdown? Honestly, I haven't really seen it that much. I'll see, you know, I've seen plenty of field goals or, you know, a team not score at all. And, you know, originally, up until they changed the rule a couple years ago, it's like even if that first team kicked a field goal, the game was over, which was BS. It's like at that point, it's just coming down to the coin toss. So like, I do understand like you as a defense have to just do your job and prevent the team from scoring a touchdown to keep the game going. But when both quarterbacks are in such a zone like that, and it comes down to like literally the last team who had the ball, um, 
it's just not it's not fair man like the bills really deserved a shot and like it's i feel so hard for like first of all they've never had a super bowl they are they've suffered worse than the eagles because we lost all those nfc championships but the bills in the 90s lost four straight super bowls and now on top of that like you are you can smell the afc championship where you they would have had the home field advantage if the Bills won. They would have had a, uh, they would have been home next game. So um, it was just uh, 13 seconds, and, and you end up losing the game. Just absolutely brutal. Uh, so I, I would like to see the playoffs, at least for the playoffs, change to um, you know give the other team a chance if the first team does score a touchdown. Vince, what do you think about that? Yeah, I've gone back and forth about this. I think what I hinge on is the word fair, and I and I get back to I think this is really an argument that's that a lot of folks folks are masking emotional arguments or emotional, like emotional debate topics with logical and logically speaking, it is fair, right? It's a 50, 50 coin toss. You get to choose and it's the same, same probability on each side, right? He chose wrong. Emotionally it sucks because you're watching two elite quarterbacks operate at the top of their craft and not make a mistake for 60 mm-hmm. minutes, right? So from a fan perspective, you just want to see who makes the first mistake, who blinks first, that ultimately loses the game. And you got you you got denied that because Mahomes continued his hot streak throughout the, the overtime, was throwing to dudes that had DBs nowhere within 10 yards of him until that last throw, and it just looked so easy. Mm-hmm. So, like, to me, is it fair – 100% is it fair? Is it good entertainment? No, in my opinion. So yes, I do think they should change the rule. And I and I got to this and the way that I got there, and I know I've changed my mind, Alex, over time, but I got there because football is the only major sport that starts games and overtimes with a non-skill-based or non-deterministic way of determining who gets the ball or who gets to choose field. So football is the only sport that uses a coin toss, so some sort of some sort of chance to determine the beginning of the game or OT. Soccer and soccer, they just say, I think it's home team gets the ball first, right? And then home team gets the ball first in OT. Baseball, home team gets the last at bat, right? Uh, hockey, hockey and basketball, tip off, face off. So that's actually skill based, which I actually would prefer most. Mm-hmm. Is do something that forces you to put some value on some skill. And the skill could either be, um, I don't know, something stupid like have your quarterback stand on the 20-yard line and see how far they can throw the ball. You know what I mean? No, XFL rules. Put yeah. it on the 50 and have your two fastest guy get after it. Yeah. I was going to say, yeah, like make it a ra- Yeah, make it a race. Kick kickers. So see who can kick the longest ball, right? All skill-based that puts some value on what the like, product on the field, I think, is what is, is necessary. Or just make it deterministic and say the home team gets the first, gets the first. And allow the other team to get a chance to score. I love that. I love both and of match. those. Yeah. So so one thing that I'm happy that nobody's brought up is, and, and I hate this answer when people say bring college rules to the NFL. That That is the worst suggestion I've heard. Um, what are you going to bring one foot in next and then targeting? Pe- like, please, please don't. Please don't bring that Pop <laughs> Warner stuff into the pros, man. Um, my stance has actually changed. Vince knows this. I was really upset about it. I was like, I can't believe it. These rules are BS. I, I'm agreeing with everyone. And then kind of like through logic, just like really thinking about, well, the end of the day, it is fair. Those are the rules. 
And if we're talking about what fairness is, the playoffs are literally set up to be unfair. And if you're the better team, you get home field advantage. You get um, a better seating. So you're playing worse teams. Like it's literally set up to not be fair. If you're a bad team and get into the playoffs, you really need to prove your worth. So one rule change that I read on on a comment blog um, was, why don't you have an overtime period and automatically give the home team the ball? Their home field, their ball. That way, during the game, you can plan differently. That maybe we should go for two points here and try to end it because we're not playing for overtime, right? Even like Mahomes and all them, like they were playing to get to overtime to give them another chance because that's what they had to do. I'm not saying the Bills could have really done too much different right there. But that's kind of the logic behind it is, is is set it up that way. So you're trying to win the game in regular time and not leaving it up to a fate coin flip. So I, I, I think it's fair how it is, truthfully. I just think there's too much weight, like what you said, Vince, on the coin flip. I, I just think there's way, way, way too much emphasis on fate. And I don't think it's a fair argument. I just think that that's unfortunate the way that it goes. Um, so, yeah, I'm okay with the rule change. I'm kind of indifferent. That's the rule. It just is what it is. That's the way the football's played. I think if you end it by a field goal, that's stupid. Um, so I'm glad that they took that away. But but don't bring college rules into the NFL. Please don't do that. You're opening up Pandora's box. That's going to lead to to way worse decisions. Um, I'm open to a rule change, but if it doesn't change, I'm not going to sit here and fight and pick it for it and and sign petitions on saying that they need to do it. It's it's kind of the way the game works, and the NFL and the playoffs are meant to be unfair. Yeah. And, and again, it's like, it's just, I feel like it's, there's so few times that a team has made it look that easy, getting the ball first in overtime and just marching down and scoring. It really doesn't happen as much as it may have seemed after watching that game. So great points across the board. Final thing we're going to go over here. Just want to get some of your predictions, go over some of the odds going into this weekend. We have both the AFC and the NFC championship. Uh, it's going to be hard to beat this previous week of football, but I'm sure it's going to, it's still going to be fun nonetheless. Uh, so first game, we have Bengals and chiefs. The chiefs are a seven point favorite. So a full touchdown wow. favorite. Um, if you're looking at the money line, uh, Cincinnati's plus 250, Kansas City's minus 320, and the over-under is 54 and a half. Uh, I want to know real quick, both your picks, do you guys think that the Bengals have any chance of stealing this game? Vince, we'll start with you. Nope. Chiefs all day. Easy. <laughs> Alex? Yeah, I, I, I want to. I'll be rooting for them. I'll be rooting for the Bengals. I want them to win, but with both games, just to make it easy, I'm going with the favorites here. I think the 49ers had a crazy performance. They're going to win that game. That Chiefs team was just unfrickin' real. Um, playoff Chiefs, playoff Andy Reid, way, way different than a new Zach Taylor going into here with Joe Burrow. The Chiefs deserve a round of applause for what they were able to do this year. I'm going with the favorites, Chiefs in LA, to take it this weekend. Oh, and uh, one one quick little point here. Um, something that was very influential in the Chiefs winning that game is... They had all three timeouts left at the very end of the game, which if, you know, the Eagles fans out there remember Big Red coaching, how that that never happened ever. So the guy finally learned something. And uh, that in itself is is another reason, uh, you know, you have you have 
now you finally have Andy Reid managing the clock correctly. That's that's just gives them even more of an edge. Um, and then, like you said, yeah, uh, it looks like the Rams are they're only a three and a half point favorite over the 49ers. That over under is a little bit less. It's at 46. Um, but again, it just seems like both the Bengals and the 49ers, like the clocks striking midnight and the uh, whatever Cinderella, the carriage is going to turn into a pumpkin. That's that's the image I have in my head. Um, Vince, any any disagreeing on your part? Nope. LA. I agree for the same exact reasons. A lot of energy spent on the San Fran side just to get to this point. And I think that accumulates into this week and LA just kind of runs with it. And hopefully Stafford doesn't do dumb stuff like he was trying to do last game and just makes it very easy. So Stafford, so Stafford. (laughs) All right. Well, we got an exciting weekend on our hands. Uh, Again, it's going to be exciting. And then, uh, you know, then we'll, 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 after this weekend, we're going to know what our Super Bowl looks like. So the, the conversation will be sure to continue. I hope anybody out there who's, who's got any uh, investments on any of these teams, you know, make that bread. You know, best of luck to you out there. It's going to be a fun weekend. Vince, thank you so much for joining us today. And also, thank you for introducing me to this handsome gentleman that I get to, I mean, really, give it up. Give it up. <laughs> it was great having your having your insight. You know, we get to chat all the time, but having you actually, uh, you know, chat it out with with your voice has been has been great. So thanks to everyone for listening. As always, we will catch you next week. This is the Afterthought Podcast. Peace. Peace.